This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. So, Mike, do you remember where you were on September 11th, 2001? Yeah, I definitely remember. I was in college. I went to Bowling Green State University, and I remember coming back um, from actually uh, a gym class that I had. And at the rec center, I looked up, and all the monitors, you know, were on the twin towers. And no, ma- you know, no matter what television, no matter what channel. Um, and I had just lived in Staten Island, New York that previous summer. I mean, I just oh, wow. got back from New York, you know, like two weeks, um, pretty much before September 11th and still had a lot of friends out there. And yeah, so I remember exactly where I was. Yeah. So I, I was in college. I was at my apartment in Oneonta, New York, and I, I shared it with a bunch of students who 
lived in, they, they grew up in New York City. So I remember sitting in our living room just before 9 a.m. and American Airlines Flight 11 had just crashed into the North Tower. This Justin, you are looking at a, obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center. CNN Center right now is just beginning to work on this story, obviously calling our sources and trying to figure out exactly what happened, but clearly something relatively devastating happening this morning there on the south end of the island of Manhattan. And at this point, people were mostly confused. Some people had started to call home uh, to make sure that their families were safe, but then... We're gonna take a look at videotape just moments ago of the second plane hitting the World Trade Center that is spectacular pictures. I don't know if you, you could see the plane, and that too was a passenger plane, if perhaps some type of navigating system or some type of electronics would have put two planes into the World Trade Center within, it looks like, about 18 minutes of each other. And this was United Airlines Flight 175, another passenger plane that had crashed into the South Tower. And at this point, there was still a ton of confusion as to what actually happened, but slowly the news started to report that these flights had been hijacked. So one more time, let's go through the sequence of events. At about 8.45 Eastern time, a plane crashed into uh, the foremost of those towers that are the world the World Trade Center. Uh, that's uh, Air Force One you see in Florida, the president on board. Uh, obviously extraordinary security around the plane before the president got on, and the president is heading back to Washington. A short time ago, the president made a statement. He said terrorism against our nation will not stand. The government will hunt down those responsible. Mr. Bush said today we've had a national tragedy. Two planes have crashed into the World Trade Center, an apparent terrorist attack on the country. And we also have a report now that the, it was a plane that crashed into the Pentagon, and we have a large fire at the Pentagon. The Pentagon is being evacuated as we speak now. And then there was American Airlines Flight 77, which had crashed into the Pentagon, and United Airlines Flight 93, which was targeted at the White House, but ended up crashing in a field because the passengers revolted. So at this point, people really started to panic, I remember, on campus. Right? The phone lines, they were backed up. Students were calling home, but they couldn't get through. They couldn't reach people. There was a real feeling of helplessness. Today, we bring you the story of the unforeseen consequences of decisions made by American Airlines leading up into 9-11. Today, we're talking with Blade Catelli, who helped build the automated phone systems for various airlines. And American Airlines, they decided to omit a crucial group of alerts, the Mayday codes. That and more on today's episode of Rocket Chip, where we dive into the product failure of American Airlines. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. So in the late 90s, early 2000s, Blade Catali was working for a speech recognition company who was helping build automated phone systems. And one of their big customers was actually United Airlines. Yeah, and it was going to be the largest scale deployment of speech recognition technology in the world. Here's Blade. We're making this flight information system. So no longer you're going to press buttons for the flight number. You can just say Boston, mm -hmm. Cleveland, tomorrow afternoon. And we're going to have a system that's so good, 
it's going to speak to you in this beautiful way. And so when I was developing this, I, I thought, I have this concept called, called experience center lining. It's spending a lot of time up front, figuring about the center line of that experience. And so in that, I spent all this time thinking, what should it sound like? How should it feel? Uh, every system has a female voice. Let's use a male voice, like a pilot. United Airlines, you kind of think of a, of a male figure. So let's find the great male voice, say, welcome to United Airlines, and make you feel like you've landed in the right place. Work really hard to craft every single word and speak to you at speed. Not treat you like you're an idiot, like all these touch-on systems. Talk so slowly, and they say ridiculous things like, like our options may have changed, but they may not have changed. <laughs> right. I don't want to hear about that. It's awful. It's the worst. So let's treat everyone like they're smart. That's the difference. So we did. So generally, this system would be used to check flight departure time, statuses, right? Basic stuff. But for Blade, he wanted to take all instances into consideration. Yeah, that's right. There's always the happy path. But what happens when something goes wrong? How's the system going to handle it? And the system's reporting was based on these internal flight status codes. And as I'm going about the design process, I said, okay, now how are we going to handle the tough things? Like if a plane goes down. I said, we don't talk about this. What do you mean you don't talk about it? Look, at United, we don't talk about planes going down. Doctors don't talk about death on the operating table. I said, I understand that, but, but you, you kind of got to talk about it. So I guess, understandably, United was hesitant to build this into an automated system. But it was the right thing to do. Blade knew it, right? So he kept pushing. I said, of course I do. You, your insurance rates are set on number of acceptable deaths per year. They didn't even know that, the people I was talking to. And I kept working to advocate, saying we should do the right thing. Because at the experience, at the center of my experience, in my mind, we handled every single person the exact best way we can. So I keep advocating over the course of many weeks. We finally get to United Airlines headquarters, and I've learned that there are special big rooms that are empty, call center rooms that are empty. They put their best agents on when there's any problem. Shut down a bunch of airports because of snow. Their best agents get into a room and they handle them because they can see everybody and, and they can handle all these problems. And they do a great job of it. So Blade is relentless here. He knows that the airlines have more information about these flights, that he needs to build out the best automation system that he can. But they don't really want to give them up. They're happy with the status quo, honestly. But Blade isn't. So he pushes on. I said, I want some access in case something goes wrong to, to these database codes. You must have some codes. Yeah. They said, look, we don't even know. I said, I'm at headquarters. Can we get the database people in here? Okay, fine. They got them in at lunchtime. How many codes do you have? About 150 or some number like that. Yeah. Really? But I don't know too many. Yeah, you only know like eight or ten of them, like departed, arrived, canceled, delayed. But they're a bunch. They know like if the plane is at the gate but the jetway has not extended, they know it's a code. They know everything, but they, it's really wonderful. Over 150 codes, but they were only exposing eight of them to the automated system. So we're going to get to the Mayday codes right after a quick word from our sponsors. So Blade is fighting United Airlines for access to the full suite of codes so he could build them for his speech recognition system for customers to check the status of flights. And they're very reluctant to expose them for, you know, various reasons, I'm sure. Yeah, but they've made clear that they do not talk about the Mayday codes, the codes that report back when something with the flight has gone wrong. Unfortunately, in their business, though, things do go wrong. Flights do crash. And, and Blade was pushing for them to do the right thing in these situations. There are three Mayday codes. I said, well, I want access to that. I want to be able to do the right thing, which is to do a transfer to those special groups without anything in between, get them right to the people who need it. So his vision for this is that when there's a Mayday code, they treat it in the same way they do a major snowstorm. 
pull up all their top support agents into one of these dedicated support rooms at their headquarters and route callers directly to them when calling about an affected flight. Right. So this goes well beyond the design of this phone system. Blade is proposing fundamental process changes in how they handle emergencies internally. They said, we can't give it to you. Why not? We've got a three-tiered architecture. The database speaks to the middleware layer. It strips out all that stuff and sends it out to the agent screens, the screens in the airport, the phone system, the website, et cetera. But here's what we can do in this situation. We can do the right thing. We have an opportunity to do the right thing because that was the center line of the experience. And they said, look, it's going to take us weeks to do a special connector for you. And you, it can take you weeks to do. And it turns, it turns out we're going to lose money in the process. And thankfully, my company that I worked for and United did it. And we took the hit to do the right thing. We had great leadership who understood the value of adhering to the center line, even though I didn't have those words back then. So they actually got it built. Blade's vision of an automated system that creates the proper experience in both good situations and bad situations. And that brings us to September 11th, 2001, and the failure on American Airlines part to properly address such a devastating situation. We'll get there right after a quick word from our sponsors. So, it brings us to September 11th, 2001. This is CNN Breaking News. This, Justin, you are looking at a, obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center, and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers of the World Trade Center. There is a major incident in Lower Manhattan. We just got a report in that there's been some sort of explosion at the World Trade Center in New York City. Apparently, a plane has just crashed into the World Trade Center. We understand that a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. We have serious news of a major possible air crash in the United States. An incredible plane crash into the World Trade Center. That happened within the last few moments. Just a few moments ago, something uh, believed to be a plane crashed into the South Tower of the World Trade Center. We have no idea what it was. It was a tremendous boom. So on the morning of 9-11, there was panic and confusion, especially for those that had loved ones that were either flying or working inside the World Trade Centers. Hundreds, even thousands of families who had loved ones flying that morning were left without clear answers for hours as these tragic events unfolded. And here is where we see the diverging results of these two companies' decisions. One company, United Airlines, they spent the extra time and effort to put a process in place for extreme circumstances like this. And unfortunately, on September 11th, it worked. And people called up and asked about Flight 93. And it said, I think you're calling about Flight 93. Is that correct? Yes. Hold on. Let me get you someone who can help. And it transferred someone to the, to the right call center. Not only, you know, my, my system for United was lauded in the New York Times. It said, this, this reporter said, by the time you finish, you finish using the system, by the time you finish using the system, you'll want to take the voice to dinner. <laughs> Right? It was wonderful because it treated people humanely right. and quick. But American Airlines had passed on using Blade's team to develop their phone system. They instead decided to cut corners and hire a less experienced firm to try to replicate what Blade's team had done for United. American Airlines, uh, we tried to sell to, and they didn't want to buy from us. Okay. And uh, what they did was they had a company reverse engineer my system reverse engineer it word for word for word, everything. 
not doing the basic work to, to establish an experience center line for what it meant for them. When people called American on that day, it said that flight is in the air. And someone thought someone was safe who wasn't. So while they were able to practically duplicate the system that Blade had built, they never built in the Mayday codes. And because of that, families on 9-11 were told that their loved ones were safe when in fact their planes had already crashed. This is what happens when you're a designer. You have the opportunity to create moments that are really wonderful, even if they only occur rarely, or maybe never. Because that center line that drove those moments drive everything else as well. And that's, that's the power of, of great design yeah. and about great experience. And when you create the right vision for everyone to understand the value of that, it connects engineering, marketing, sales, project management, manufacturing, everybody, because they're all driven to support that right effort. And you take that time to do that, that work at the beginning where there's almost very little output. Mm -hmm. You don't see much happening that first phase. You know, I can't show you the thinking I did. I can make things up because I, I learned eventually to make things up. <laughs> you, don't, you don't tell the truth, you lie. How far are we along with the project, junior designer? Oh, um, uh, we've done these four things. Whoa, but we've got a list of 25 things. We're never gonna get done. Senior designers know how to lie. Well, we've reinvestigated the personas. We've, <laughs> we've, uh, we know what we're not gonna do. Right. We'll use some metaphors. <laughs> we'll take an hour to talk about two points off the, off the list of 10. You'll think, wow, if they spend that much time on those two points, the other eight gotta be great. <laughs> um, and, and as a result, uh, uh, that's how you get your time to do your deep thinking. Because once you've done that, the second half is so fast. You get right into it, and the second half is super fast. At that point, you are all aligned. The communication's faster. You know what you want to do. You know why it's important. And everyone works together to create that incredible thing, and they feel better about what they've created. They feel more proud. And when they see people using it, it is a material difference and it is the material reflection of all that work you did at the beginning to define the center line of that experience. What an incredible lesson. It's tragic, but it is a reminder for all of us to push that extra mile, to build experiences that treat each other humanely, even in the worst, most unexpected circumstances. Yeah, so next week we'll be back with a story about Audible, whose mistake wasn't as dire as American Airlines here, but it may have caused some marital rifts and disgruntled the trucking community all at once. Yeah, so we'll be back right here next Thursday for another episode of Rocket Chip with Product Failures Audible. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It's your support that keeps the show going. Rocketship.fm is now part of the Podglomerate Network. If you want to learn more about the other shows on the Podglomerate Network, go to thepodglomerate.com. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. If you go to productcollective.com, you could check out live video interviews, sign up for our newsletter, be a part of our Slack group with over 6,000 product people. Just check it out at productcollective.com.